it's steered and like kind of informed almost like every life decision I made. Most of them very poor, but uh, no. So it's like a, such a huge part of my identity, but it's not how I identify myself punk anymore. Awesome. Punk like that. It's like been a driving force. It's like definitely, you know, this is like one of the most important relationships I have in my life. It's why that relationship started, but it's not why it continues. On this episode of In Session, a Jackrabbit Soundcheck, we talk to the Fleshlights about building notoriety as a punk rock band, whether they actually consider themselves punk rock, and we ask them to talk to us about their song, I Wait. I'm David Biggs. And I'm Vance Van Donselaar. We are the Fleshlights, and we are In Session at Jackrabbit Soundcheck. The song is Beaker Street by the Fleshlights. Flashlights are a band who have been around for about 10 years in one form or another, and we were stoked to finally be able to bring in a punk rock band to In Session. We never really listened to punk growing up, and even writing this, I'm having trouble finding a way to relate since punk carries such a unique and individual style. 
But I've always loved the sort of anti-establishment, not including our music with the rest of the radio trash feeling that I got from hearing punk rock. So he wanted to see if we can get a little more of an understanding of their world, at least according to these guys. So he asked, who are the Fleshlights? Um, Old. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing it for a while. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of the things that maybe we thought were going to happen or wanted to happen mm. haven't happened the way that we thought. And we, I think we're getting to a place where we're, like, more comfortable with that. So we're feeling, I'm feeling like we're in a place where we can be creative on our own terms and not be worrying so much about, like, what kind of image we're going to put out or who who we are as we're not so much worried about who we are as a band anymore. I think that we just probably had plans of touring all the time, making a bunch of records and we I we also I feel like we move kind of slow as a band and uh yeah, we just uh I mean I had a kid and it slowed things down and uh when did you have a child four years ago it was like right when we were was i think our second record was just about to come out yeah our second full length was like yeah i think came out right after Either right after you told us, or I think I think <clears throat> while we're recording it, I found out that my now wife is, was pregnant, and then there were like there were complications with the pregnancy right when the record was about to come out, and then pregnancy everything's fine was... now, yeah. but I think that I think the way that the my my wife and daughter were like it was a complicated my wife had preeclampsia so it pretty much is like the baby like rejects the the mom and they're the they're pretty much both very sick until the baby comes out so it's like an emergency c-section it's really hectic and then we did a tour after that too, and I think there was some like uh, I had some like distance issues, you know, mm -hmm. just like sure. being away from them seemed really shitty, considering how just how close they were to like dying. But they're they're both great now. So, well, um, did you have that? tour that you all went on pre like planned before or during the pregnancy i think we planned it knowing <laughs> when that yeah we we knew that uh i was going to be a dad when we booked it but i yeah. i didn't we didn't know but okay yeah, yeah mm -hmm. she, she uh my daughter was three months premature mm -hmm. so it was like a big big shock it's just, there's just, when, when you're a parent, you, if you're just not around your kid, it, it's rough. Like, I mean, she's in, she just started preschool and I feel during the day, cause she used to come down 
town with me three times a week and go to Barracuda and receive orders with me and stuff. And then now I, now that she's in preschool, I feel the same thing that I felt when we were on tour, which is, yeah, just kind of separation, anxiety, and just kind of, I think it's in, I, I mean, I'm sure all parents feel this, but I feel like it's hereditary for me to be very paranoid and like think about what if this bad thing happened and I wasn't there. And I think that was what was going through my mind a lot on tour. Like, what if something shitty happened and I was really far away? I doubt it's unique to me, but that was uh, was definitely, that was a rough part. And then like, part of it was like sleeping on 19 year olds floors I mean, like, I have a kid at home right now, and we're, like, there's people, like, smoking weed, talking about, like... Things start to seem trivial. Yeah. Yeah. Touring sucks hard enough when you're not (laughs) missing your child. Yeah. To have that added on, I'm sure, was, you know... And they they were nothing but supportive about everything, so I'm I'm lucky, because... I can still be in a band and it not be a constant struggle about we should be doing this and you you're you're holding us back or whatever. They they've been amazing. This song is untitled by the fleshlights.
Having been around for such a good amount of time, the Fleshlights have been able to tour, play festivals, accrue countless write-ups, and build a great following. This is more amazing considering that they fall into a music category that is not necessarily at the forefront of new and popular. In fact, my understanding is that punk is kind of meant to be deliberately anti-mainstream. So how were these three able to do it? How did you build notoriety? Max writes really killer songs, so that helps. That's how we started. <laughs> I think that's why people noticed. And he's really good at guitar. Melissa's also really good at drums. That helped. Uh, and then I joined. <laughs> um, I do feel like we, when we first started, we were writing more garage-based songs. And garage was just really hyped at the time, mm -hmm. so it was kind of like a good, it was good timing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely. I think there was like a, a group of bands that I think yeah. we fit with at that, like when we started. So I feel like it's fair to say we skipped a few steps, maybe just because like there was kind of a built-in thing at that moment in town. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Built-in thing in what way? Like, what do you mean by that? That there was just, like, a core of bands and people that were interested in those bands that we fit with. So we got, like, kind of initially... There was, like, things that were happening at Beerland and Emo's when Emo's was still downtown that it was, like... Because, you know, Austin's, like, the music scenes here are, like, they come and go. They, they fluctuate and change. And uh, at that moment, we fit well with what was for lack of a better word popular so that worked in our favor and it, like it was easy to get booked which is like yeah. something that i think about for other bands that don't have that sort of built-in infrastructure of just also like i'm from here my uh my brother goes way back with like the music scene too uh not as a musician but just more of as like a, a presence <laughs> um but uh he so just that having that kind of like I think yeah definitely helped us move forward more quickly than maybe we would have otherwise. Yeah, and you saying that it's true. It's like I don't. I mean, of course they're here and there, but I guess just knowing the right people and getting on their shows. Like I don't really remember many shows where people weren't there. Yeah, yeah, we we're, weren't we're sending out we demos and shit. Like we didn't. That's the step I'm talking about that we got to skip. So like, like we didn't need to, or we were lucky enough to not have to like record a demo and send it to bookers at clubs because we just were friends with people that were putting on shows. So, have you guys played any festivals in town ever? Yes. Those um, are the, yeah. Huh? Those are the ones that we don't play to many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played Fun Fest at like ten thirty in the morning to twelve. Twelve people. So what are the shows? And that you guys... like oh yeah, we played the X Games too. Yeah, the yeah, X we... Games. Oh, and we, we yeah, you played... want a picture of a? Uh, we played to his shows. wife and two kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in a room that it's like ten thousand. No, it was or... the three sixty amphitheater. Yeah. yeah. To three people. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's, that seems really strange. Who's the headliner on that one? Metallica. And the <laughs> we, we did get to eat because uh, it was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we played on Sunday. So I think Metallica and Nicki Minaj played Friday, Saturday, and we got to have all the scraps of their like <laughs> catering 
but we weren't allowed to go to their performances. Like we didn't even our credit, even if we like, paid, they were like, "You are not allowed near these." Go wait in the car. No, but like we, we could, yeah, we had, if we wanted to go, we could watch the the event, but we, we could couldn't watch it on YouTube. Yeah, we couldn't like. They're like you, you. The their Metallica was playing a different stage, and they were like, "You guys, no." Mm-mm. I think KUTX put together the the small stage, which was the ten thousand cap. Yeah. Like small stage where Iron Maiden played. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And then they must have built a separate stage just for Metallica and Nicki Minaj. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you guys played at Circuit of the Americas to three people at like ten thirty in the morning. At ten thirty in the morning, what are some of the shows that you played to full houses or packed shows? (laughs) Yeah, when we were playing with the Hives, we. That uh, was like that yeah. tends to make sense, I think. And that yeah. I feel like we got spoiled on that. We got yeah. You know, also. and then like well, it was just like a packed house every night, you know, backstage free. The first show we played at the nine thirty club we played to like a thousand people or something. Yeah. yeah. Was that a traveling tour that y'all traveled with then? Yeah, yeah, we did like nine dates. That's in D C, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We one of my favorite shows we ever played was with the OCs and Ty oh, Seagal yeah. at mm-hmm. La Zona Rosa. Yeah, that was insane. Mm-hmm. That was just, that was a, I think it was sold out. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was sold out, which La Zona Rosa is probably like a thousand cap too. But uh, our friend's band Gal Pals opened, then we played. And I think you need to talk about that Suicidal Tendencies cover. Yeah, we covered uh, Institutionalized by Suicidal Tendencies and Alyssa sang. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Alyssa sang. I had 103 fever, too. That's right. (laughs) I was like, I had never been that sick in my life. Jesus. No one one knew that you were, like, on the brink of death because it was, like... I guess the adrenaline, like, kicked in, and then afterwards I was just like, I got to get out of here. Passed out. Yeah, adrenaline's crazy. It can, Mm -hmm. like, if you're sick and about to play a show, it can get you through the show, and the adrenaline high can kind of get you through the rest of the night. And you're like, oh, I'm not sick anymore. And then the next day you just feel ten times Mm -hmm. worse. But, yeah, like, the hives thing was amazing. And then, you know, the tour after that, I mean, I don't want to say we were on a high horse, but we like we felt good, you know. We were like, "Wow, like nothing can get better than that." Let's see what's gonna happen on this next tour. Maybe it will. We played with Pikachu. Like, <laughs> I wasn't on that tour. Every show, but, yeah, we, but some we form went to the Pikachu. West Coast and like the Super Moon beat us out. Yeah, we definitely have played a show where we lost out to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we we played a show to like four people. And in New Mexico, and they're like, oh, the it's per- a super moon. Everyone's yeah. in the mountains right now. They're like, usually this place would be packed. And we're like, cool. Thank you for listening to In Session at Jackrabbit Soundcheck. We wanted to remind you that if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to tap the notification bell so you never miss an artist. Okay, now on with the show. This song is Going Down by the Fleshlights.
Being around writing music for over 10 years is an accomplishment, but it has to bring with it a certain amount of staleness. Human beings in general have to evolve their daily lives and what they do to keep from becoming stagnant, and some of this happens naturally just through experience. This is why we see musicians and their music change throughout the years. We noticed this movement with some of the music that the Fleshlights brought to in session, and we wanted to ask, do you still consider yourselves punk rock? No. No. Okay, Not so what, anymore, no. It should Not be anymore. Okay. So, Nandi Moore tells me that at one point you did. What changed? And, I mean, for me, I still I still hear punk rock in there, but not punk rock as, as punk rock is really meant to be. It's got punk mm-hmm. rock um, feel to it. But I, with... feel, I feel like in the way that The Replacement, The Replacement's, like, first album, I mean, like, that's a punk record, but, you know, they don't wear, like, I don't know. Yeah, they like the, like the Rolling Liberty Stones Spikes. and Chuck yeah, Berry, they and they were just playing those songs really fast. Yeah, and right. then... I guess we just want to be the replacements. Yeah. Okay. You know, like our first record's like yeah. hard, and then from there we like got wussier. Yeah, we just got lame. <laughs> softer and softer. It's funny to me because I, I think like every important relationship in my life that's not like my mom and dad is as a, a result of being into punk music. Like almost in every like interest I have like stemmed from that. Like even when I. Because I went back to school recently, I was like, my interest in journalism to do that, which I'm not going to do that. It's not a plug. I'm not doing that with my life now. But anyway, it's just like, it's steered and like kind of informed almost like every life decision I made. Most of them very poor. But uh, no, so it's like such a huge part of my identity, but it's not how I identify myself anymore. Punk. Like that, it's like been a driving force. It's like definitely. You know, this is like one of the most important relationships I have in my life. It's why that relationship started, but it's not why it continues. It doesn't really like, it's not, it doesn't inform my life anymore, but it's like definitely something, part of where I came from, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same. Okay. Like I started playing drums, you know, right? because of certain like punk records, but yeah, I'm not like. Passing out flyers like the punk show. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely the first when we were young genre you know, like... we really got into, and it still means a lot to me. But so does soul music yeah. and classic rock and stuff like that. You just after playing only really fast kind of punk songs for a long time, you just want to do other stuff, and I still would. I still like writing fast punk songs, but I wouldn't want it to be like the only thing that I write. And I feel like me and Jeremy's songwriting just kind of stays on the... We always write songs that are similar to each other's songs. And I don't even... I couldn't explain how that happens, but I think... ripping you off. And I'm ripping him (laughs) off. Uh, I, the, I don't want to like be like, this is punk or whatever. But like, I think part of it is like, uh, as I've always understood it, is like you're, like punk is about exploration or about it's about change. It's not about static, so it, it's not about a sound or a look necessarily. It's about an approach, which for better or for worse, I feel like we do still have. But um, the music. You got. I mean, you can only 
write what you feel. You can't try and if you're trying to be punk, it's like trying to be cool. You're just not going to be. You're going to be lame. So not that we're like fucking kicking doors down now or anything, but, you know, we're still who we are. And our music is going to be representative of that no matter what. This is Paw by the Fleshlights. One, two, three, four.
It should be evident by now that we love to talk to musicians about their music. Usually you can tell pretty quickly which song is going to fall into a band's favorites just by the way it's written and how they perform it. It was a little different with the Fleshlights. Every song they play, they play like it's important. The songs are written by different members of the band and played like everybody wrote it. So we had to ask them if they had any favorite songs and why. This was their response. I think some of the newer, more dynamic songs are always fun to play, but then we'll just play, we'll play a song a bunch of times and be like, maybe we should leave it out of the set for a while. And then yeah. it just, sometimes we'll just like forget about it for mm-hmm. a year and then bring it back. I think I Wait, which we recorded today. It was yeah, a song. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. We all, we, we've never stopped playing that song. Got it. And why? It just feels very i feel like it's always kind of changing and it is definitely feel like it's jeremy's song but we i don't know i feel like we all kind of have a big part in that song and it's just fun it's fun Mm -hmm. to play yeah that's one of my favorites it's dynamic it's kind of slow it's or it's like soft at some parts and then gets loud that song is like oh total work of fiction there's no it's like not personal at all lyrically it was like uh there's a squeeze song up the junction that i listened to like a thousand times and then i think max was actually taking a more active role with uh his first kid nico and i was like kind of watching that happen i was like what would it be like if you know, you just sucked at being a dad, like so many do. Uh, and I just kind of wrote a song about that, about just, yeah, not being around to watch a kid grow up. Okay. And and just, and bombing a relationship. It was like also one of the first times I'd really sat down and tried really hard to write a song. Okay. Instead of like doing it in a more, you know, quote unquote punk fashion, I like, tried and this is something I, I I thought of or thought about from watching Max is like actually putting some craft into the songwriting uh, not to say that I was particularly successful with it but I did I actually did that kind of homework mm-hmm. you know and I was listening to a lot of Tom Petty which helps I guess I don't know I think yeah maybe it was we were kind of branching out as a band I'm trying to think of other songs that Max was bringing at the time, and I'm not thinking of specific ones, but it was like, I mean, there were even just like some of our very first songs. I I could tell that Max had done so much melodic. There was so much like melodic, maybe not thought, but like just precision to them, and I was like, kind of just figuring out how to do that myself. And I don't know. I'm like not. <laughs> I don't really even think of my, I don't really think of myself as a musician. I'm like not, doesn't come naturally to me. It's like, and I'm not, I would I'm like, if, if you're like, I want to start a, a funk band, you're not going to call me. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to figure out the fucking right scale to play to make your song really, whatever, you know, that's just not who I am. So that was the first time that I actually felt like I was 
figuring out, unlocking some things that were like kind of unclear to me before. But there's a reason that you went into doing that. There's a reason you play, even though you don't consider yourself a musician. Yeah, I was just uh, from the very... I started playing in bands when I was like 12 years old. So I just like... I, which they did too. But, you know, I'm older, so I did it first. So. <laughs> uh. This is I Wait by The Fleshlights.
Jackrabbit Soundcheck wants to say thank you to the Fleshlights for bringing the noise and opening up to us so we can get you a little closer to their music. You can find their songs and EPs scattered around different parts of the internet, including their 2011 full-length record, Muscle Pop, on their Bandcamp website, fleshlights.bandcamp.com, and you can find their next gig on their Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and join us for our next featured band, Tennessee Stiffs, on February 18th.